It's 28 to 4. This is Law Corner through until 4 o'clock. In the studio with us is Gareth Abdenor from Mellian Co. Uh, Gareth's an expert uh, expert in employment law, privacy and technology. Very good afternoon again, Gareth. G'day, Simon. Great Hi, to see Gareth. You. Right. Hi, well, if you'd like to um, put a call through, 0800 is our number. Being quick, I mean, that sounds like I'm hustling sort of Ginsu steak knives, but it's actually, we get so many calls <laughs> on do. this. Uh, Nigel is with us straight away. Hi, Nigel. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good, mate. Good, mate. Thank you. Now, Gareth's listening. Oh, champion. Thank you, Gareth. Hey, um, very timely that uh, you got, you're on the air. Appreciate your help. No um, worries at all. Just trying to trying to understand. I've, I've got a, a, uh, an employment contract with a four-week resignation notice period. Yeah, that's pretty um, standard. If, yep. If I resign today, does that mean... So today's the 20th. Does that mean that... Um, I have to work the Tuesday that is four weeks out, or do I have to work up until the close of play Monday that's four weeks out? I'm trying to understand, is today day one of that four-week period, or or exactly how's that calculation done? I know it's a bit... Well, we're uh, straight out of the gates with a a technical (laughs) question. That's good. Usually, the day that you give your notice is not included in the four weeks. Um, Gotcha. But really... This is something where I think if you if you communicate clearly with your employer, um, yep. they should be reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, absolutely, absolutely. And those are discussions yet to come. I just hope he's not listening. <laughs> I was just, just going to say, Nigel, it sounds particularly relevant to this day and your situation, mate. <laughs> no, okay. no, not at all. Not at all. Okay, no, Nigel, hey, thanks so much for calling. Thank you. Steve, uh, we've got Gareth Abdenor in the studio with us listening to you, mate. Oh, good afternoon, Gareth. Gareth, what is the statute of limitations on bringing a case against your former employer? Well, uh, statute of limitations is is a particular legal term. What we talk about in employment is that if you're going to raise a personal grievance, you need to raise that within 90 days of the event that gives rise to the grievance. And that's, uh, that's to prevent people you know, bringing something up two years later Obviously, it's very difficult for people to remember exactly what happened. Um, so you do need to do it reasonably soon after whatever's happened, happened. Does right. mm. that satisfy you, Steve? Yeah, yeah. no, I've, I've just realised I've missed the boat as well over 90 days. Okay, hey, cheers, Gareth. No worries. Thanks so much, Steve. Steve. Interesting text here, Gareth. This person says, I work with a woman. Um, she's not a boss. She's just a worker. But she simply doesn't come to work. And I've said to the staff, why don't we sack her? And they say, can't. We've spoken with human resources. They can't sack her. She doesn't have a contract that says she doesn't need to give that much notice. Is that a common thing? So she's just not coming to work? 75% of the time she doesn't turn up to work. Well, I guess the most interesting thing is why the company puts up with that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because... I wouldn't put up with that if it was one of my stuff. Interesting you say that because the text goes on to say human resources have said we've got to look after this person. Yeah, and there may be all sorts of reasons why someone's not coming to work. They may have uh, a health condition that the human resources are aware of, um, but it does get really difficult, especially when the other team members have to pick up the slack. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Could I could could I ask about this, Gareth? So. This person's, or let, let's take it, make it less specific, a person is not turning up for work and there doesn't appear to be a valid reason, like a health reason or so on and so forth. Um, and if there's not a written contract, how does an employer go about 
can you do, do they have to still give one or two or three warnings, or or how does it work actually? Saying I'm sorry, but I'm going to sack you. Well, I guess the first thing that I'll pick up on is that now it's a legal requirement that you have to have a contract. Right, okay? right. So okay. if you don't have a contract, um, you should get one immediately. Yeah. And if you're an employee, you can ask for one. And if you're an employer and you don't have one, I'd yeah. be getting one in place as quickly as possible. Yes. Um, but if someone's not turning up for work, an employer can legitimately ask them why yes. and investigate that. Right. Mm. Um, and as I said before, there there may be legitimate reasons mm. that the staff aren't aware of because obviously an employer is not going to be sharing private personal details right, with right. all sure. of the staff. Yeah, of course. So yes. they may, in their kindness and mercy, they go, no, no, we're just going to stick with this even if they don't yeah. turn up 75. Okay, it could be. Interesting. Alison's on the line. She's listening. Hi, Alison. Hi. Um, just want to ask a question. Um, so say someone has been working in their role at their workplace for six years and the workplaces have been very happy with them, um, but they have given a letter to her to say that that role is now being disestablished. Um, they want her to stay within the company, but um, are asking her to work in another area of the company. Um, she actually doesn't want to be doing that. She'd rather stay in the role that she's in, but their plan is to employ somebody else in that role. Mm. Oh, that's a... It's a very good question. Um, the first thing is the employer has to go through a fair process before they can move someone out of their role. Um, so that's the starting point. The second thing is they can't disestablish a role if they're going to put someone else into the role. Because yes. it's not about the person, it's about the role. Um, can they fudge that though, Gareth? Because there's a lot of companies that sort of fudge that. They say they're disestablishing a role really ostensibly to get rid of somebody and then they reestablish a role with a few little differences, but it's the mm. same role. Yeah, and it all comes down to uh, fact and degree. It's like how different is the role? And I guess that's the kind of thing that keeps mm. people like me in business. Yeah. yeah. What's that term? That's good. Fact and? And degree. Fact and degree. Fact yeah. and degree, all does, right. Does that help, Alison? So, then, just just to clarify, they're not actually changing the role. Um, they just want her to go and do something else. And they're going to keep the role the same. And they've had no consultation in the, during this process. It was just a letter that was sent to her. So really, they right. can't... It, it sounds can't like really they're red flags her? there, definitely red flags. Mm. Okay. Something that I'd Very be looking good. into. Great. All right. Alison, Thank thanks, thanks. Hope that was helpful. Yeah, very helpful. Thank you. Good on you. Bye. I say to Alison, hope that was as helpful as if I've done anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you've been pretty ordinary, Gareth. Uh, it's 21 to 4. And when we come back, we're oh, going to take some messages. When we come back, Peter's on the line. Now, this will be a fast... I'm intrigued to hear the answer. He's got an issue. Can you make audio recordings and meetings with your boss? We'll find out the answer to oh, that. All right. Yes, when we come back. This is ZB, it's 18 to 4. This is Law Corner. Every month we do this with our expert, Gareth Abdenor from Mally & Co. Gareth's taking your calls. There's a heap of them backed up, but if you uh, want to give us a buzz, 0800 80 10 80 or text 9292. Peter, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Si. Great. Thanks for stealing my thunder. <laughs> yes, oh, it's a great question. I couldn't resist. <laughs> no, all good, all good. Hey, Gareth, um, you've heard the question there from Si, so uh, what's the answer? Well, it's um, it's actually one of my favourite answers, so I'm really stoked you, you asked it. <laughs> I'll just jump in, Gareth. For those that have just tuned in, Peter's question, can he make audio recordings in meetings with his boss? Uh, it's a great question. So New Zealand laws very different to a lot of overseas countries in relation to this question. 
Um, in a lot of overseas countries, it's illegal to make a recording of someone if they're not aware that you're right. doing that. Yeah. Um, in New Zealand, as long as you are one of the people in the conversation, it's not a criminal act to make a recording. Really? Okay? So, um, but you have to be one of the people in that conversation. And it can't be a telephone conversation because that, there's a whole lot of other different laws okay. that apply to that. But if I'm standing here talking to you, I can make a recording of that without telling you. Okay. Well, without telling me. So that's only part of the answer, though. The other part of the answer is in an employment relationship, both the employer and the employee owe each other a duty of good faith. And there's a very good argument that making a recording of your employer, if you're an employee, or vice versa, without telling them is not in good faith. Um, So if you are planning on doing that, I would be very cautious because the consequences might be pretty severe. Oh no! The the it would certainly be um, uh, outlined that, that that's what would be occurring or happening. Right. right. And if the other person or the other party didn't want that to happen, then I take it you can't do the recording. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Peter, excellent question, mate, and we hope that's helpful. Thank you very much. Andrew's got a good one too. Welcome to the show, Andrew. There you go. Yeah, good, mate. Good, Thank mate. you. What's your question of Gareth? Um, I'm, I'm asking on behalf of my son who is um, employed. He, he was a registered electrician and out of his time and everything and um, employed about four months ago. Um, and then right on the 90th day was told that they were terminating his employment uh, under the 90-day trial period, but not for reasons for... Um, unsatisfactory behaviour, it was more that they had lost um, some various contracts for the work that he was doing, didn't have much more work for him. Right. So so he was employed, um, obviously, and signed the contract with the 90-day clause prior to that becoming an act that no longer exists Yeah. and then transgressed into a period where is now now doesn't exist, mm. and that company is now using that as a lever to mm. let them go. Mm. I, I, I guess the thing to keep in mind is that if there is a valid trial period, and I don't know enough about this case to tell you one way or the other, but if there is a valid 90-day trial period, an employer can use that to terminate employment. Um, so uh, it can seem harsh and as... As you've said, they have changed the law now and and the use of those is, is quite severely restricted. But if there is a valid 90-day trial period and they choose to exercise that, um, they would be within their rights to do that. Right, and that's because that was the contract that he signed that's right. prior to the coming yeah. null and void. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Andrew, yeah. thank you very much. Is that, is, that, is that helpful for you, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. Otherwise, um, we were obviously going down the track of addressing it again, um, yeah. but probably not worth it based on what you've told me. Best of luck yeah. to you, Andrew. Thanks heaps for okay. calling. Thanks, mate. Bye. Bye. 
That's the old law can be pretty cutthroat. Quickly a text and we'll come back to some messages and then phones and then Gareth's got to shoot away. But this text on question says, uh, Hi Gareth, I have a business that has both a public access area and staff only areas. I'm having issues with things being broken in both areas. Can I just put up cameras throughout both areas without telling staff or customers? If no, what do I need to do, says TJ. Uh, This is a great question because people grapple with this all the time. Obviously, you don't want to be breaching anyone's privacy, but uh, sometimes you have to put cameras up in a a way that people don't know about that because otherwise you won't catch them doing things they shouldn't be doing. Mm. Um, So a really good example of this is where you suspect there's uh, staff theft going on. You are normally justified to put up cameras uh, to catch a thief, uh, you say that damage is occurring. It would really depend on what sort of damage it is. Uh, you know, is it a teacup got broken? Um, in that case, most probably wouldn't justify putting up uh, secret cameras. Mm. Um, but but if it's a you know something something serious or something valuable, then it could be. It's quite different in a public area, though, uh, and I think you'd yeah. have to be a very brave yeah. person to put up cameras and not tell people you're doing that in a public area. Good. It's 12 to 4. This is News Talk ZB. We're joined by our law expert, Gareth Abdenor, who specialises in employment law, privacy and technology from Mallion Co. Now, Gareth, I've got a text here from Julie. She says, I've just found out that I'll be having a baby in several months' time. Now, I should know this, but... Is it possible for me, and if so, how long can I take off without pay to look after the baby? In other words, can, how long could you keep a job for, yeah. even if they aren't paying her? So um, this really depends on how long she's been working for the employer okay. and how many hours she's done. Um, if she goes to the uh, MB website, that's the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment, right. um, they've got a calculator on the website, okay. uh, which is really useful. And, and you put in how long you've worked somewhere, how many hours a week you do, and that'll show you what you're entitled to. Mm-hmm. Um, the general rule is if you've been employed with your employer for a good amount of time and, and you um, work more than the minimum hours required, you can usually take a year off and they have to keep your job available for you. Interesting. Cool. That's really interesting. Thank 11 you. to 4, News Talk ZB. We've time got for, for, for one more call, perhaps 0800 80 10 80 with Gareth Abdenor when we come back. This is ZB. It's 7 to 4. Okay, so we've got one more question. But before we do that, Gareth Abdenor is our law expert, employment law, privacy and technology from Mallion Co. Just a wee note here, the content of the segment is general in nature and is not legal advice. Any information discussed is not intended to be a substitute for obtaining specific professional advice and should not be relied upon as such. 7 to 4. Very quickly on the line with us, David, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Good. David, you've got the final question for Gareth. Okay, I'm fighting on behalf of my girlfriend. She works in a Thai restaurant, and they're not allowed to take holidays in the month of December or January, um, and the boss likes them to take all their holidays in winter. Can, can the boss do that? That's a very good question, mm. and I'm not sure I've ever had a question of that nature, David. Um, Generally, the law says that the employer can require the employee to take leave on 14 days' notice, and generally it should be agreed. If it can't be agreed and there's a legitimate business reason, an employer can require it. So if you're selling Christmas trees, you most probably won't be giving people leave over Christmas. But I've never had Mm. one quite like this before. 
Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks so much, David. Really appreciate that. Thank you. That's a, that's an, that's actually an interesting one, isn't it? Indeed. Well, it when is. do you take your leave? When do people want? Because most mostly most companies want you to take your leave over Christmas and New Year. Yeah. This is the exact opposite. Yeah. And if you only had your leave in winter, that would be. But unless you're a mad, crazy snowboarder, it wouldn't be the best fun <laughs> in the world, would it? So one of my daughters works in retail, and they've been told specifically they're not allowed to take breaks from the 23rd of December to, through until, I think, the 2nd or 3rd of January. So that's fair play, though, is it? Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Um, but I, I haven't looked into it closely. But. Mm. Um, I could see a legitimate business reason to do that. Yeah. yeah. Gareth, it's just great to have you in. Thank, Thank you. you very, very much for your time. Nice to be here. That's really good. Gareth Abdenor from Mallion Co. That's cool.